Okay, if you would like to open up to the book of Haggai, which is about two or three books before the New Testament, can be a little bit tricky to find. The book of Haggai, chapter 1. And I'm going to be reading from verse 1. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehazadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bringing little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains on the grain and the new wine and oil on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and on all the labour of your hands. Amen. Amen. Turn round and just go and greet someone. Say to them, if you build God's house, he'll build yours. Okay, Father, we just come to your word now, and Lord, we need you to touch us today. We need you to revive what needs reviving and heal what needs healing. But Father God, I really believe today you want to set people ablaze again. Hearts that once were ablaze, Father, you want to deal with them today, Lord. So come, Lord, do what is needed in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I just, I, I marvel how sometimes, you know, Christians in this day and age, we're so lukewarm in so many ways. We often turn in things that the Bible considers normal. We consider it radical. Like fasting. Jesus said, when you fast and pray. If you're going to fast, people think you're crazy. 
<laughs> Same with the whole fostering, you know, religion that God considers perfect, taking orphans and widows. People think it's a radical thing. If you go to Africa, most pastors' house you go to, they got orphans. <laughs> First time Bishop Joshua came to this house, we had a big house, and he said, where's your orphans? <laughs> I'm just making a point. Uh, okay, you know, uh, in, in Romans chapter 15, Paul said to the, uh, he was writing to the Corinthians, sorry, he was writing to the Romans church, and, and he said this statement that I, I really love. He said, when I come to you, uh, but know this, when I come to you, in verse 29, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And, and Paul knew what it was to have the fullness of the blessing of God on his life. And if he writes, I long to come to you in the fullness, that implies there's measures of blessing that we can carry upon our life. But because Paul was sold out to living for Christ, he, he walked in a sense, having the smile of God on his life. He, he knew the presence of God. He knew God was with him. He had a permanent peace in his life. He knew the joy of the Lord. And this is what it is to have a, you know, a deep satisfaction, a contentment that comes from God. This is what the fullness of the blessing is. And he was being used by God. The fullness of the blessing is not a material thing. But it's something that Paul knew. It's to do with being used by God. It's to do with having the peace and the joy of God. It's to do with having the anointing of God upon your life. And he says, I want to come to you in this state, no other state. And, uh, you know... I know that God gives the fullness of the blessing to those that walk in faithfulness and God gives his favor to those who favor God. That's what he gives. And uh, the book of Haggai is about a people who had known the favor of God. They'd known the fullness of God's blessing because these were uncommon people. They were not just happy to sit... Israel by this stage in their history had been in captivity in Babylon and exile and life in Babylon was pretty good. Uh, they'd, been, they'd settled down there, they'd, they'd planted vineyards, they'd had a good life but Jeremiah had prophesied after 70 years God would bring the nation of Israel out of captivity in Babylon and bring them back to Jerusalem which was in ruins. And so to leave Babylon and to come back to Jerusalem was a big sacrifice. You know, they were coming back to, to, to ruins and they were coming back with Ezra to rebuild the temple. So these, this group was a, was a committed group of believers who had come back, who had made sacrifice, and God blessed them. They were, they were working on the temple, they were building the temple. Word of God said they laid that, Ezra said they laid the foundation of the temple. And, you know, they, they had this exhilaration that God was using them. They had this, this settled peace in their heart because they were serving God. This is what happens when you serve God, living in the fullness of the blessing. You know, they had a joy within them that, uh, you know, God was pleased with what they were doing. And they were satisfied. 
Because when you have the fullness of blessing, you are satisfied. And they were satisfied with what they were doing. And um, as they were doing this, though, something happened. And this is what the book of Haggai addresses. Something happened. Was it, The book of Ezra tells us that the enemies of Israel started to mock their work. And so this is a nothing. This is a nothing. Even a fox will, you know, knock down your work. They started to be, and they started to have trouble. It started to become difficult. So a, a few problems arose. And as the, as the problems and the challenges came up, they, they said, uh, where is it? The, the time has not come. The people said, the time has not come that the Lord's house should be built. So they said, you know what? We're doing this and we're, we've begun. We've laid the foundation. But it's just not the right time for God. It's, it's not the right time. And, and what we'll do, because it's not the right time, there's too many problems, so we say it's not the time to serve God. And, you know, as we serve God, we're neglecting our family, we're neglecting our business. And, uh, and one by one, they left the work of building the temple. And they went back and they started to build their own houses. And they began to build what uh, Haggai called their own paneled houses. And so in the process, I've preached on this a couple of years ago, but I, I feel to come back here today. In the process, what happened to them? They came back from captivity and God's interests, the interests of God's were the priority and paramount in their life. But when the problems came, they went and started to build their own houses. And now, instead of God's interest being the priority, now, self-interest was the priority. And so, even though they were still God's people, subtly, self-interest replaced God's interest as the priority of their life. And they said, you know, it's time for us to build our own houses, not to build God's house anymore. This big shift comes. And Hazai comes and says, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruin? And, you know, we, we live in a day to day where there are many people, they don't know the fullness of the blessing of God because. Though they may believe in God, God is not, and the work of God and serving God is not the number one priority in their life. It's not the number one thing in their life. And this book is about the power of priority. And Haggai is saying, God will not be number two while you build your kingdom and put his kingdom second. And there are a lot of people in this world I've met that think, you know, you, building your kingdom can be just giving all your time and energy to your family, which is a good thing. Family is a good thing. But that becomes more important than God's kingdom. You know, you can give all your time and energy to building your business, but it's more important. Business is a good thing, but it's become more important than God's business. And... Haggai comes and says to them, you've shifted your priorities. 
The priority is God, God is now number two, and because he's number two, you've forfeited his blessing. And he says, when, when God is, is not number one, when building God's house, and you know what we are in, in church today, we're not here just building a church. You know, the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 6, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And what we are doing, we are building, Christ is the head, we are building the body of Christ here and all over the world. That's what we're doing. And that's what I live for. That's the priority of our lives is to build Christ's church. And it should be the priority of every believer. It has to be the priority of every. If you want the fullness of the blessing of God upon your life, building Christ's body must be the priority of your life. And the reason that Haggai says this, and this is what we've got to see, is that you've been bought with a price. You're not your own anymore. And Haggai comes and says, look, when... God's work and God's kingdom and building the body of Christ becomes the second priority when it's not self-interest replaces God interest. He says there's consequences. And he says the consequences are this. He says you, you sow for yourself but you don't reap. You sow much, you bring in little. You eat but you don't have enough. You're living in lack. You drink but you're not filled. That means you're not satisfied. You close yourself but no one is warm. He who earns wages earns wages to put a hole into a bag that has a hole in it. So these people, instead of living under the blessing, are living in shortage. They're living in, in lack. They're living in not enough. And they're living in a place they're not filled. That means they're not satisfied. And the reason they're not satisfied is because the priorities are wrong. And, and what, what is... He says, and you're not accumulating, you're now in lack. He says, even financially, you work. But he says, you now you've got a hole in your pocket and all your money that you make leaks out. And he says, what's worse is that you know who's responsible for all that? God. God's doing it. God's bringing lack upon you. He's bringing feminine. He's bringing that lack of dissatisfaction. He's bringing you to that place so that you'll come back to him. Because look what it says. It says, you look for much, but it did came to live. When you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house is in ruins and everyone runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew. The earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought. God was doing it. And God brought them to a place where because their priorities had changed, that he himself brought them into a place of, of lack, of living in a place of frustration, living in a place where they're working hard, but they just can't get ahead, living in a place where they're supposed to be making money, but it seems to be just leaking away, you know. And before, they knew the opposite. They knew the blessing of God. They actually knew the favor of God. They knew the smile of God. And they're now they're working and laboring, and they're finding no satisfaction. And everything that was good, God was blowing away. God was blowing away. Because... Their priority and their focus was not on building his temple. 
And there is such importance in the kingdom of God. We've got to understand the power of priority. You will live a very frustrated Christian life if you're a good person, if you attend church, if you're a good father, if you're a good business person, and you love God, but he's number two in your life. He's number, all he's got to be is number two in your life. If something else is more important to you. And often, you can, you can measure that by, here's this word, they say the time has not come. The time that the Lord's house, and, and then Hezekiah, Haggai says, is it time for yourselves to build your own houses? And often you can tell about someone's priorities by what they do with their time. People tell me, I, I, I can't come to the church, or I can't come to this, or I can't come to that. It, that's not a... That's not a um, that's not a time statement, it's a priority statement. And, you know, if you're in a place where, you know, you've got time for football, you've got time for gym, you've got time to play touch, you've got time for all these things, but you haven't got time to meet with God, you haven't got time to go to something, a meeting in the church that's important, that's a priority issue. And while we live in that place, we are forfeiting God's, the fullness of the blessing. And we are forfeiting a life where we know God's smile, we know God's provision. We, and what the irony of it all is, so many people, they are spending all their energy seeking what God has promised to add if our priorities are right. Listen to Matthew chapter 6. It says, some of us know this scripture well, but it's very, very profound. And, and Jesus said, and he sp spoke about your material needs in your life, because we all have them, but they can't be our focus. He said, look, look at the birds of the air, for they don't sow nor reap, but your father feeds them, and you're more valuable than them. And he says, look at the lilies of the field. They grow, they don't grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all his glory was clothed like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass which is today and tomorrow is not, how much more will he close you of you of little faith? Then he goes on to say, finishes this, this passage by, by saying in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God, not second, seek first and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. That's a priority statement. So God's saying, we all have material needs, but if you put those in front of the kingdom of God, if you put those in front of building God's house, you'll live a frustrated life. But if you, if you put God first and the things of God first, God will add what you need. God will care for you. He'll actually clothe you. He'll actually feed you supernaturally. But all that comes through the power of priority. Comes through the and so Haggai comes to these people and says, you, 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 You've forfeited the blessing. You've forfeited the blessing because you're good people, you're God's people, but your priorities have become shifted, they've become muddled. You're building, but you're building unto yourself, not unto God. And you know, it's they said that the time's not right. You know, I know many, many people who, uh, they, they, they've actually said to me, I, I, 
I do want to serve God. I want to actually be effective for God. When I meet Jesus, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, but I've got a mortgage to pay out. I've got kids to do. I've got to do this. I've got to do da, 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 da. The time, they, they think the time for that is later. And other people, conversely, they think, I've, I've actually served God. Now the time is for me to relax a bit, like King David did. But I'll tell you what the time it is. The time is to serve God until the end. The time is to serve God and run and build unto God until the end because that's what he blesses. And it's like uh, you, you have to get to the place where you actually say to God, whatever it is you've got in my, my kingdom, in your kingdom for me to do, that the kingdom of God will be, let that become the priority, the burning passion of my life. And when the priorities get ordered right, the blessings of God start to follow. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every material thing you need, including satisfaction, will be added to you. So God wants to get us into a place where serving him, being used by him, whatever it is, being effective in his kingdom is what we live for. And the rest, yes, it's important. God knows about all those needs. But we trust him to look after the rest. Do not spend your life seeking what God has promised to add. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you by God. So these people, they forfeited the blessing because their priorities got mixed up. And... Self-interest, building their own panel houses, replaced God's interest. And that is so easy for it to happen. It's so easy for that to happen. And I even sense there's a shift. Some people have, have allowed that to happen. You still love God. But you sense, I, I, I'm missing something. There's a fire that I once had. There's a closeness to God. There's a smile of God that I once had that I don't have it anymore. And I suggest it's because priorities have shifted. And you need reviving. So these people, they, they, they forfeited the blessing because self-interest replaced the interest of God. And then Haggai comes to them and says, uh, he comes and says to them, he says, um, uh, keep working uh, because I'm with you. And what had happened is when they came back, they, they, these people were laboring and they were building unto God. They were building the temple and the foundation went up and the wall started to go up. But then they actually remembered what Solomon's temple was like. And Solomon's temple had gold everywhere. It had the best of everything. It had the Ark of the Covenant. It had the glory of God. It had, had the best of everything. And what they were building, they believed that it was... Nothing compared to what, um, who is left among you, verse 3, who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? So they believe that, that, that what they were building, you know, they started off thinking it was significant. They started off thinking it was a great thing. But in the end, when they, Solomon's temple came to their mind, they thought, in comparison to Solomon's temple, what we're building is nothing. And as soon as they, they 
made that comparison with their, their work and that past work, they became miserable and defeated and disappointed. And this is another thing that will cause you to lose God's favor, to move out of the plans of God, to move out of the will of God, is if you play the comparison game. If you measure yourself by someone who's done something similar in the past, or you compare yourself with someone whom you may think is further ahead of you spiritually. You know, God's made you to be you. He hasn't made you to be Michelle. He hasn't made you to be me. I remember years ago, I was started to get a hot for God, and I started to get up at, you know, Ed said he was getting up at 3 o'clock. I wasn't quite that. I was getting up at like 4 and 5 o'clock to meet with God, and I thought I was doing great until I picked up this book about the, the, the monastic movement and the Puritans and how they used to live in these cells in the middle of the hills of Germany and they'd rise at 1 a.m. and then they'd pray till 5 a.m. every single day and God moved mightily. And I thought, man, I'm just, I'm just nowhere. <laughs> like my little hour. But it, it actually took me so far down. This is a few years ago. And I became miserable thinking like, gosh, I'm, I, this is all I can do. I, can't, I just can't get up at one o'clock. But that's what they did. And then God, is, that, is that what you need for God to move? I, I just want to say, do not ever. This is why so many people don't use their gifts. And they forfeit the blessing because they compare themselves. And they end up burying their gift. And they think, oh gosh, I'm not like, look at Michelle. Well, look what she's doing. She's like got that little girl, Rihanna. What are you here to test me about? It's like, what is your gift? You know, don't compare yourself with anyone else's spiritual condition. And don't compare your work to anything that's been done in the past. Or don't compare your work to anyone who's doing the same work today. You know, the only thing you should measure yourself by, this is the only way I've learned this, the only way you measure yourself is, is through your love for Jesus Christ. If you can say today, I love Jesus Christ more than I've ever loved him. I am as in love with Jesus as I've ever been. I'm as close to him as I've ever been. You're good. But if you can't say that, you're in trouble. If you, that, that's how you measure yourself. But you don't compare. These people would not give up, David Wilkinson said, they would not give up on measuring. Don't measure yourself because it makes you miserable and it made them stop working. And so Haggai says, give up on measuring up. Just the only thing that matters. He says, the only thing that matters. They loved God and he says, listen. Uh, they said, in comparison, is this nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Because the Lord, I am with you. So work. That's all that matters. If you love Jesus more than you've ever loved him, the presence of God is with you and he'll do great things through you. That's all that matters. Do not measure yourself with other people. And finally, uh, Haggai comes and he says, uh, if one carries, just as the Lord of hosts in verse 11 of chapter 2, if one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edge of it he touches bread or stew or wine or any, will it become holy? And the priest said, no. 
And as I said, if one is unclean because of dead body, touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the price answered and said, it shall be unclean. And Haggai answered and said, so is this people and so is this nation, says the Lord. So is every work of their hands, what they offer her is unclean. And so what this speaks about is the people, uh, Ezra tells us these people, when they'd come back from Babylon, they'd come back, but they started to look at the Canaanite women. And the Canaanite women were apparently more shapely and more, you know, whatever than the Israelite women. So they started to become sensual and lust after these Canaanite women. And it ends up that they started to marry these Canaanite women, which the Word of God forbid. And they were working, serving God, but they had this compromise, this lust, this mixture in their lives. And they thought they were okay with God. Why? Because they were on holy land. They'd come back to the land, which they knew was set apart for God. God had given them that land. And they thought being on the holy land made them holy. And so Haggai tells a, paints a picture of a priest carrying some holy meat and says, if I carry holy meat, is that going to make you holy? And they said, no, because holiness isn't transferable. Just because your parents have walked with God and set apart for God doesn't mean you are. Just because the church is set apart for God doesn't mean that you are. He's saying what's important is your personal holiness. Peter says, be holy as I am holy. Get rid of the compromise. Get rid of the unclean stuff on your life. And the blessing of God will come upon you. It'll come back upon you. And so he says, address this holiness issue. And just paradoxically, just as, as those, holiness is not transferable, he says, uncleanness and sin is. He says, if someone's touching something that is in sin and death, and he says, uh, touches a body, and he says, um, if one of those who is unclean because of a dead body touches any, will it be unclean? And the priest says, yes, it will be. So holiness is not transferable, but sinfulness, you know, uncleanness and death, that actually is. And he's saying, you've got to address that. And that's such a big issue because if, like, if you're a father in a house and you've got secret sin in your life, and you're doing stuff that you know is wrong, and you think somehow you're getting away with it, I'm telling you, it's going to affect your children. It affects your, affects your whole household. Because it's transferable. In the spirit, it's transferable. And God's saying, these people, you've got to start to take holiness, personal holiness, seriously. But he says, this is the deal. He said, if you put God back in the place of being number one. If building the body of Christ is the burning desire, it's the, it's the priority of your life. God knows you've got other needs. God knows you've got other challenges. God knows your other things. But he says, if you get your priorities right, if you stop measuring yourself with other people, and he says, if you get rid of all the things in your life that you know are unclean, he says, but from this day, when you do that, I will bless you. From this day, the fullness of the blessing of God will come back 
upon your life. That's what it means. From this day, I will bless you. From this day, the fullness of Paul, what Paul knew will come back upon your life. And you know, I, 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 there's three parts to this. To get the blessing of God, the fullness on your life, your priorities have got to be right. You've got to stop measuring yourself. Just, just live for an audience of one. Just worry about how your relationship with Jesus is. Don't worry about anyone else. Just worry about what he's saying to you. Don't compare yourself. Because some people have been given lots of talents and gifts. Some people have only been given one. And you've got to be free in that. If you've only got one talent, be free to be that person, that one talent person. But don't compare yourself. And finally, make sure that you take holiness seriously. But the, 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 the issue I felt God was wanting to address this morning was the issue of priority. Um, I just know... In my spirit, God wants to put the fire of God back on your life. God wants you to know his presence and his anointing and his smile. And he wants you to be satisfied. He wants you to be provided for. He wants you, you to know practically his care for your food and for your... He wants you to live under that. And, and I know that there are some people that subtly, you know, something's happened. You've been discouraged or whatever, and your priorities have shifted. And, and this is what God says, to get back in the place where you just are the happiest you've ever been, you are the most peaceful you've ever been, you are the most uh, content you've ever been, there's something that's got to happen. And, and uh, Haggai comes to them and says these things, gives these instructions. He says, you're building your own panel houses, and that's become your focus, and the consequences of that is you, you clothe yourself, but you're not worn, you earn wages, and there's holes in your pocket, all that sort of stuff. And God says, consider your ways. Twice Haggai says this. He says, consider your ways, verse 5, verse 7. Thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Consider your priorities. Consider how you compare yourself to other people. Consider if there's anything unclean in your life that you'd be afraid of Jesus looking at if he saw you. Consider it. Consider the way you live. And he said, if there's something out of whack, if something's got out of the whack, he says, here's the solution. Verse 8, go up to the mountains. Whenever the Bible speaks about mountains, it speaks about the presence of God. Moses went up the mountain and he met with God. There was fire and there was a cloud. And that means getting in the presence of God. It means getting into a place where you are seeking God again, where you're, you're not seeking ministry, you're not seeking church, you're seeking the presence of God. You're going up the mountain again just to get and to hear and to experience the presence of God. That's got to be a priority. It's more important than what you do. It's more important that your job, it's more important than your family. Going up the mountain is where it all begins. Getting in the presence of God, in His presence is fullness of joy. You've got to go up that mountain. And He says, go up the mountain and bring wood and build the temple. Now, when it says bring wood, it's not talking about physical wood. It's talking about spiritual wood. It's like you have got something that the kingdom of God needs and you've got to bring it. 
You, you cannot just come to church and sit here every week and say, Pastor, feed me. That's not how the church is meant to be. I know it's a dysfunction that's accepted, but it's not how. You will not be satisfied in your Christian life unless you bring something. Some of you, you know, we need people in the crèche. We need people on the front door. We, you, you actually got to bring something because Jesus says it's better to give than receive. And to have the fullness of blessing on your life, you've got to be a contributor to the body of Christ. And you've got to find out your place. You've just got to find. And if you don't know what it is, just start serving and God will show you. But you've got to bring wood. You've got to bring something. You know, we're at Pentecostal churches. We need wood for the fire. Somebody's got to bring it. Somebody's got to bring it. But if you get in that place where you're just passive, you'll never know the blessing of God. So he says, go up the mountains, bring wood, that I may take pleasure on it and be glorified. And this is the third point. Get back into the place where it's not your pleasure or your leisure that moments. It's God's pleasure that counts. That God takes pleasure in you and he's being glorified through your life. Make that your priority. Get that back on your heart. That God, I, I want to know you up that mountain. I want to meet with you up that mountain. I want to be used by you. And in, in being used by you, building your temple, I want to please you. And I want to do it in a way where you're going to be glorified through me. And this is, this is, this is where we, we get on fire for God. This is where we, we really know the presence of God in our life, when we can experience His smile and know that, that God really is with me, that His anointing is strong upon me, and I live full of peace, I live full of joy, and I live satisfied in God Himself because I'm being used, I'm pleasing Him. My life is being glorified. It doesn't matter if you build a panel house, you'll never have that. But through building God's house, when God's house is a priority, that's when you have all that, the fullness of the blessing. And I, I, I just know these were good people. They were people who'd sacrificed, who started building, and something had got in. And they said, you know, that, that kind of full-on, all for God, all for the kingdom, sold out, going to the prayer meeting, seeking the face of God, getting up to meet with God, using my gift. Not time for that anymore. It's not the time for that anymore. There's other things that, that are more, we'll get to that later, or maybe we've done that and it's now time for something else. God says, it is time for that. It's always time for God. It's always God time. It's always God priority time. It's always, always full on for God time. It has to be. And so I, I just, there's priorities God wants to challenge today. He wants to challenge your priorities because he's saying that he hasn't changed. He, he, he's, he's blowing their blessings away. You know why he blows your blessings away? To get you to a place where you'll come back to him. He'll bring you to a place where you're so frustrated. He's saying, I called for a drought on my own people to bring them back to myself. But Haggai says, and Haggai is, his, his name means messenger. He said, but people, 
you're in that place, you're frustrated, you're not living in the blessing. He said, get your priorities right. Put, say to God, your kingdom, not my kingdom, is what I'm going to live for. And that's where my energy is going to go. That's where my focus is going to be, your kingdom. I'm not going to compare myself anymore with other people. I'm just going to be who I am in Christ and be happy with that. And secondly, thirdly, I'm going to take action against anything that I know is unclean in my life. And Haggai says, the very moment you do that, the very moment you make the shift, he says, from this day, verse 19 of chapter 3, I will bless you. From this day, the blessing of God, the peace, the satisfaction will come back upon your life. What you know you're lost, you're going to get back. What you know you've forfeited, you're going to get back. And maybe what you've never tasted but you know is out there, you're going to get. So God wants you every day, like the Apostle Paul. It's not for special people. He wants you to live in the fullness of the blessing because Jesus Christ became a curse for us that we could be the blessing of Abraham. You know, and, and there's, a, there's a place in Isaiah, I forget exactly where. No, it's not. It's in Psalm 68 where it says that, you know, the blessing of God will so rest upon a generation that nations will come to you because they actually see God's blessing, the fullness of it, and they want it. And, and God wants to do it. God wants to do it. So I, I just know it's not, it's not, this, this Christian life is not supposed to be normal. It's not supposed to be ordinary. It's not supposed to be, oh, it's just another part of my life. I go to church on a Sunday, but the rest of the week I do X, Y, Z. God and his kingdom has to be your life. It has to be first. God and his work and his kingdom has to be first. Then everything else is added. Peace, joy, provision, satisfaction, everything. It's the, 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 the equation in the kingdom is it's everything for everything. God has to be your everything then you get his everything. Amen. Has something shifted in your life? Hey, do you know in this, I'm not talking about something physical. I'm not talking about your material world, your family. I'm talking about spiritually. Have you lost something of God upon your life? Have you lost that sense of his presence, the sense of his, the, the, the blessing of just knowing, oh God, you love me, you're using me, you're pleased with me, you're giving me peace, you're giving me joy, uh, you're all I need, I'm satisfied in you. Da, 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 da. Are you in that place? Or, or uh, if you knew that place, that you don't have that anymore. You've got to do business with God today. You've actually got to say, I'm going to shift my priorities. I'm, I'm going to put that paneled house away, whatever the paneled house is. Could be a hobby, could be family, could be something good, business. But it's something that consumes you more than God himself. God says today it's time to make the shift. 
Maybe you've never known what it is to live full on for God. You didn't know you had to. You didn't know God had to be your number one. Well, today you've got to make that shift and say, God, you're not going to be part of my life. You're going to be everything in my heart. Because God wants to give you the fullness of the blessing. I know what it is to go off the boil. I know what it is to burn for Jesus. I know what it is to go off the boil. I know what it is to go sour. As a pastor, one of the saddest things is to see people that have, have walked with you. You, you, you've seen them. They just, they're at the meetings and they're on fire and they just, they're zealous for God. And then sometimes a little while you look at them and just, you just see the emptiness that's come in and now they're not at the meetings anymore. And now other things are, it's like, it happens, people, it happens. It happens. But God sent a messenger, Haggai, to bring them back to the fullness of blessing. And I honestly believe, I know in my heart, that's what God wants to do today. He wants you to know the fullness of His blessing. Do you need to go up the mountain? I think you do. If you're so busy with the world, you haven't got time for God, there's an issue. It all starts with going up the mountain. You've got no time to pray, no time to seek God. It's not a time issue, it's a priority issue. Got to get your priorities right. Reorder things. Otherwise, you're going to live in that place of frustration. That stuff's going to continue to blow away. Got to go up the mountain and you've got to find what is my wood and bring it. Start to bring something. Maybe you just, you say, I, I, I'm not sure, but I can vacuum. <laughs> That's my first job in the church was cleaning the toilets. <laughs> Mosman Baptist. Just because I got hot for God. Bring something. And then say, God, from this day, it's not going to be about me and my interest anymore. I want to live for your interests. I want to live to bring you pleasure and I want to live to bring you glory. God will get a hold of you. God will get a hold of you. Give you what no man can give. Give you his peace, give you his joy, give you his satisfaction, give you his anointing, give you his smile, give you himself. That's what the blessing is, it's not material, it's God giving himself to you. He wants to do it today. You've got to do business with God, you can sit there and do business or you can come out for it. No right or wrong way, but I know God is going to have a people in this generation who walk in the fullness. Don't say to yourself, it's not possible. Don't say to yourself, it's only for some. It's for you. The fullness of His blessing. Your children see it. Your friends see it. That person is blessed. They get a satisfaction and a peace I want to know about. God wants to bring you there. God wants you to bring you there. If you need to make a shift, changing your priorities you just I'm not going to lay hands on anyone maybe you just got to come forward and say something to God maybe you got to come forward and say God I want to I want to be used for your glory I want to be used to please you come forward you can stay in your seat but people here today you got to do business with God you got to get it back you got to get back what you lost or you got to get what you know is out there but you've never had 
to the fullness of God's blessing.